This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. And now it's time for a Deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo Show, only on the Fan. From 680 The Fan Studios in the Battery Atlantis, the Buck Blue Show, here on The Fan 680 and 93.7. Back in the saddle today, coming in hot. Appreciate Heath Klein stepping in yesterday, taking care of the show. He's had to step out for personal reasons. I'll uh, fill you in on that a little later in the show. Gang's all here, ready to go. Road Dog Gillespie got his bulldog gear on. He's ready. Our fine producer, engineer, Derek Thomas. He's got his rain hat on today. Isn't it a great day to have, a, as we say in the South, an umbrella as the rain is coming down on this Friday? Be careful out there. Don't let that other guy run into you. Tell as you drive around Atlanta, man, it seems like every other car has got some damage on it. Just saying. Let's get to work. Bucks. Big. Take. Yeah, the big take. Here we go. I leave the show for one day. One day. And chaos breaks loose with the Falcons. You get smoke screens and leaks to the media and false reports everywhere you look. It's popping all over the place. And look, a lot of the local media is buying it hook, line, and sinker. Come on, man. Everybody's lying right now. They should know that. Justin Fields is coming to Atlanta. Kurt Cousins is Mr. Blank's number one choice. Make it happen. Look out for Russell Wilson. And today, the misinformation rumor is the Falcons are targeting Baker Mayfield. We got a bunch of suckers in this town. They'll fall for anything. Allow me to be real. Plan A for the Falcons. Move up to number two or number three and take Jaden Daniels or Drake May. Now, why would the Commanders or the Patriots trade out of those primo spots? Well, because they stink. And if they did so, they could add some big-time draft capital to improve their roster quickly. They might determine it's way too early for them to invest in a rookie quarterback. They've got other problems. They've got to get fixed first. Meanwhile, the time is right for the Falcons to move up. Got talent in all the right places, with the exception of the quarterback position. It's the right time for the Falcons to move up. Both Daniels and May are great fits in this new Falcons scheme. They can process quickly can get the ball downfield accurately, and they can both lead. Why should the Falcons not go get fields, as Zach Klein, I believe, was reporting yesterday? Well, he, he's not a quick processor. He's not an accurate passer, and he's not a leader. Are, are those three reasons? Are those uh, good enough for you? Why should the Falcons not sign Cousins? Well, he's about to be 36 years old. His best football is behind him. He's demanding $50 million a year. And his own team doesn't want him. Now, that's a red flag to me. I don't know about you. Mr. Blank should know this. So don't fall for all this misinformation that is floating around right now. And one more thing. The Falcons are not going to take J.J. McCarthy at number eight. He's not a good fit either. The big question is this. 
And when you get this misinformation, when you see these false reports and these leaks that are out there, you, you need to immediately think this. Does this guy fit the new Falcons offensive scheme? And that would be 11 personnel, which they're going to be in 90% of the time. A quarterback that can process quickly, throw the ball vertically down the field from the pocket, and lead the team. Keep that in mind the next time you see these rumors dropping. Like today, when the hot rumors Baker Mayfield is on the Falcons' radar. And there's your big take. Now, I had somebody, uh, one of the listeners saying, Blue, how do you know what the Falcons are going to run offensively? Well, dude is called reading the tea leaves, DT. is called connecting the dots. I mean, is this guy, he's trying to tell me uh, that, that Zach Robinson and Raheem Morris, who have been with the L.A. Rams, running their scheme that suddenly Zach Robinson is going to come in here and say, uh, hey, we're just going to keep with that Arthur Smith scheme. I mean, how stupid is that? They're going to go with what they believe in. They're going to go with the system that they've been running. That's how you know that the Falcons are going to be running the Rams offense. Come on, man. Now let's see what's popping. Let's find out what's popping. All right, so the Falcons have been busy. Uh, they've been busy <laughs> leaking all these quarterback stories to the media and watching the media buy it hook, line, and sinker. Not on this show. Not on this show. And while you were hearing all those crazy quarterback rumors out there, know this, the Falcons were busy interviewing earlier this week at the Combine. Interviewing Jaden Daniels. Interviewing Drake May. Interviewing Caleb Williams earlier this week. And that's just what we know. They probably were interviewing some of the other quarterbacks, too. McCarthy, a quarterback out of Washington that I like so much. Penix Jr. And you know why they were busy interviewing those guys? Because that's their job, is to interview these guys and get to know all of them, even though those were just 15-minute meetings. Falcons also busy meeting some cornerbacks, too. How about Nate Wiggins out of Clemson? Got A.J. Terrell on one side. You got another Clemson guy on the other. Nate Wiggins would be a cornerback they would pick with the eighth pick of the draft. Uh, I saw where they interviewed Kamari Lasseter. Now, you know the Falcons aren't going to draft him. He's a Georgia player. But if they did, that would probably be a second-round pick. And then also, Missouri's got a really outstanding corner, Chris Abrams. Uh, Drain is his name. That would be a round three pick. So the Falcons have been really, really busy interviewing up in Indianapolis on Tuesday, Wednesday. Getting a lot of these interviews in. Uh, news coming down if you do want... Justin Fields, the price tag would probably be a second-round draft pick. You know, I think he'd look great in a Steelers uniform. Just saying. Uh, Brock Bowers met with 15 teams earlier this week. There are a lot of teams out there looking for a big-timer that they can line up at tight end. Really, I look at him as a big receiver, so bunch formation, flex out, and throw that ball to Bowers. Fifteen teams spending time with Bowers earlier this week. And the plan, as I understand it, is to not work out, not do any of these on-the-field workouts. He went through the medicals, went through the interview portion, and will do the 40 and all these drills and run and catch the football during the uh, Georgia Bulldogs Pro Day, which is coming up here very soon. Typically, when you're a top 10 rated player, you're not going to participate in the on-the-field drills and that kind of thing because it can only hurt you. So they're being advised, look, just don't do that. Wait until you uh, work out at your pro day. going to be more comfortable working with a quarterback you know. 
and uh, put on a real good show. So that's why a guy like Bowers wouldn't be working out when the tight ends take the field at the combine. And that is what's popping out there as we get the show started today. And uh, were you enjoying the uh, the combine DT road dog? What were y'all doing? Were y'all watching him run that 40-yard dash, the underwear Olympics? Did you get a full dose of that watching NFL Network last night? I only saw a little bit of the underwear Olympics last night. Just flipped through. I figure um, any of the highlights I'll be able to catch up on. Yeah, I heard the locker room talking about the defensive lineman running the 40-yard dash. Now, if there's ever a drill that doesn't equate to the position of defensive line, it'd be the 40-yard dash. Yeah, that's fair. But you, I mean, you still on. are trying come to get on, man. getting a gauge of how athletic guys are. I mean, that... You'd rather have a guy running you know, a faster 40 than a slower 40. Well, I think what's more important is like the agility within 10 yards. Sure, like the so three, like the three, three cone, cone drill, drill absolutely. would be something I would pay attention would to when it came to the defensive lineman. Bench press, if I was a defensive right. lineman, I would refuse to run the 40-yard dash because it means nothing. Absolutely nothing. Who cares what a 350-pound nose tackle is going to run the 40 in? Unless you think you can put up a good number and improve that drastically. Well, so then you have some what some personnel guy go, oh, wow. Did you see what he ran the 40 in? those numbers. And then that guy's, uh, that that personnel guy, that scout, if he said that in a meeting with the general manager or the director of player personnel or in front of any of those guys – those guys would think uh, this guy's a nut. That doesn't even uh, that doesn't even factor into what we're thinking about when we come to evaluating the defensive lineman. We don't care what he runs the forty yard dash in. It makes no sense. Well, I made a huge mistake of paying attention to the Hawks last night, so I will get some more draft, some more uh, combine coverage in this weekend. I'm sure. Yeah, I think the, the combine was. Was uh, more entertaining than watching the Hawks Probably last night. So. I'm just Probably saying. Probably so. Yeah. All right, coming up next, I'm going to drop the weakest position group on our Atlanta Falcons team. And it's got to be addressed. And it's got to be addressed now over the next couple of months. I'm going to tell you why not to get upset when you hear the Falcons are going to address this particular position group. Plus, Mort's going to hang out. It's the Buck Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. It's about Blue Show on the fans, 680 and 93.7. Appreciate you hanging out Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. Of course, you can uh, check us out online, uh, streaming at 680thefan.com. Hello, everybody. You can actually watch the show. You can see what DT and Road Dog are doing, too, in their studio. Yes. They've got a piece of glass between us. And they've got a camera pointing on those guys. So I mean, as long as David he's not manipulating, the owner knows what you guys are doing I mean, they, at all they times. They got eyes on us all the time, but probably, probably with good reason. I mean, do you think David Dickey's going? Okay, let me check in, see what uh, Road Dog and DT are doing. I know right he's now. got a monitor over there in the office. Oh look, they've got food in the studio. Oh no! Breaking rule number two. Rule number one: no drinking. Alcoholic beverages during the show. I mean, I do have. I'll tell you what, our energy drinks, though, we uh, we got plenty of those. Yeah, folks at Zero FG brought in a new shipment this morning. (laughs) We we were joking out there. We went through the last one pretty quickly. And we've got them right in front of the broadcast area so everybody can see. This is the sugar free 
zero-FG energy drink that I'm holding up right now. It's in the white can. I may have had a small amount of that this morning. And I tell you what, we are going through some product here at 680 The Fan. Who is drinking all this? I mean, the uh, the poor people from zero-FG, they are restocking us at what seems like once a week. And they're not just bringing in a case. They're bringing in like uh, 30 cases. This sales team we've got, they're all hopped up. That's where it's going. Sales teams knocking them back and then going on a sales call. The best NFL insider in the business is only on the fan. This is ESPN's NFL insider, Chris Mortensen. Mort on the road, and he joins us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Mort, did you ever get that plane flight to Birmingham? I did eventually the next day. Wow. I don't even even want to talk about it. Okay, well, let's not. (laughs) I'm just glad you got where you're going. So, Mort, right now, misinformation all over the place, right? And this is no surprise. It's like this. At this point in time in the process in the NFL, every single year, we're going into free agency. we got the draft looming. We're in the middle of the combine. Misinformation everywhere you look. Yes, and the latest, uh, as we as we saw this morning or, or maybe last night, is that the Falcons and the Kirk Cousins, the free agent from Minnesota, they're 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 really warming up with each other. <laughs> and, and and as soon as I as soon as I saw that, and I like Kirk, right? I said, well, that's be I'll say baloney. Uh, that's they they can't be true. It's not, it's not, it's not consistent with what I've been told, uh, you know, in terms of the Atlanta Falcons' uh, uh, focus, uh, which what you're usually told first and, and, and from trusted people is that the Falcons, would lo- their ideal would be to find their next Mac, Mac Ryan. By that mean somebody in the draft up high that is your quarterback for the next dozen years or more. Yeah, like Drake May? Well, whether it's Drake May, uh, you know, it looks like Jaden Daniels. Oh, I love him. Yeah, I know, but it, it doesn't look like he'll be available. But you know, so it looks like you know. I think that Caleb Williams of USC and 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 Jaden Daniels of LSU are going one two and kind of locked in. It's going to be pretty tough to get up there unless you're willing to, to truly dra- uh, trade three ones and more. Right, and even then. The Bears are pretty persuaded they're they're, they're going to trade Justin Fields. Now, what they're finding is that Fields does not have a very hot market, and they're disappointed by the market for Fields. But uh, you know, I don't want to get off track too fast. But you, know, you mentioned Drake May. Listen, he's a guy who's probably the most debated guy right now. Uh, people are you know trying to figure him out, but. I'll say that if you look at the top quarterbacks in the NFL right now, let's go Patrick Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, uh, you know, Joe Burrow had so much talent at LSU, uh, anybody could have, Lamar Jackson. So you're going to have this about these these guys. Uh, but the one I would also just remind you of is J.J. McCarthy of Michigan. He isn't spoken about as a top three quarterback, but I can tell you that there's definitely talk about him as a top 10, 15 quarterback. And so that's another name uh, besides the fact we we know that Michael Penix and Bo Nix are, are out there as well. Absolutely. So, more. what would you make of the video? Did you see the one of... Justin Fields in his home, I believe he was standing in his kitchen, and yeah. somebody's shooting the video, and reportedly uh, he's, he's, you know, he's jumping around, he's really excited, and reportedly the story goes he had just gotten a call from his agent saying the Atlanta Falcons wanted to bring him home. Well, I found it curious, I'll admit that, but Justin Fields himself has told us that he's been messing around with a lot of different uh you know, statements or actions or whatever. And, and I mean, I guess if the Falcons, and, and now since Raheem Morris became the head coach, 
uh, I didn't need to check out what they're looking at, but you know, Zach Robinson, the offensive coordinator, he's been with the Rams, uh, you know, the past what, four or five years, right? Right. In some capacity. Running that 11 uh, personnel group 90% of the time. Exactly. And, and, and so they're, they're, you know, and the type of quarterbacks that you've seen successful there uh, have been have been guys that pretty much played a traditional way. Right. In the pocket, and, uh, uh, getting the ball vertically down the field, good processors of information when the ball is snapped. That's what the guys he's been working with have been able to do. Right, and he's not against athleticism because right. if you remember, if you remember Zach at Oklahoma State himself, he was actually a pretty decent athlete when he played quarterback there. Well, yeah, he'd love to have a guy that could do both, like say yeah, a Jaden exactly. Daniels. Exactly. I mean, it, it's Jaden Daniels, and and one thing about Jaden Daniels is, you know, people kind of laugh when Jim Harbaugh said he's the best quarterback in America, he's the best prospect in the NFL. I, I, Jim Harbaugh used to say some things to me, and I'm going way back. And I just kind of laughed. Well, he's overstating it. As it <laughs> turned out, he was actually telling me the truth. He told me about Andrew Luck before Andrew Luck even became a standout at, at Stanford. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and so I, I would say J.J. McCarthy you can't ignore as well. So more, I'm, but, well, I'm not, but I'm not buying Kirk Cousins. Uh, yo, yeah, I'm not I'm either. Not buying that one. Not too gullible like some of the members of the media are. They jumped all over that story, Mort. So, what yeah. what would percentage would you put on the Bears taking Caleb Williams at number one? I put it at ninety percent. Ninety percent, and more. What do you? What well, What do you oh, think of like two and three? You got the Commanders, and you got the Patriots. Aren't they like a long way away from being legitimate? So uh, might they determine that they're better off moving out, picking up additional draft capital, and let somebody else step in to take a rookie quarterback? I don't think the commanders are. I think the commanders are, I think the commanders would love to get Caleb Williams. So they could always try and bring him home. The Bears. Yeah, you know, but, you know, Caleb Williams, uh, despite – uh, people are, are, will pick at him too, but you know he really sounds strongly uh, as as the probable number one pick uh, the, by the Bears. Uh, and Jaden Daniels, I think, goes would go to the Commanders. I think they st- stay there, take their quarterback, and it's the Patriots that are are interesting. Except you know Elliot Wolf, you probably heard his press conference. He's the new personnel director slash GM for the Patriots now. And and people are saying, well, you know, maybe they'll, they'll trade Mac Jones or maybe they'll just uh, trade out and trade back. Here's the thing about Elliot Wolf. He's the son of Ron Wolf. People who should be familiar with him. Ron was a, a legendary general manager, Hall of Fame general manager out of the Green Bay Packers. He's the one who drafted Brett Favre and gave up a first-round pick to who? The Atlanta Falcons. So Elliot Wolf is the son of Ron Wolf, and he understands the value of a quarterback. And when I heard him talk, I sat there and said, he's going to take a quarterback. Now, it's got to be – they've got to feel a conviction about the guy. Because Ron Wolf, the reason he gave up a first-round pick for Brett, who had been a second-round pick, by the way, uh, is that Ron Wood had been with the New York Jets the year before as the personnel director, Ron Wolf had. And I'm not trying to confuse people, but Ron had Brett Favre as the number one player in the draft the year that the Falcons got Favre in the second round. Only the Jets didn't have a first-round pick because they had used theirs in the supplemental, supplemental draft on Rob Moore, the receiver. So when Ron went to the Packers the next year, he said, given of a first-round pick for Brett Favre was no-brainer for him. So, and, and then Ellis certainly understands that the Packers traditionally take quarterbacks. So it's the only reason I'm a little bit hesitant about the idea the Patriots trade out of there unless they just don't really like one guy. Say it's Drake May. Maybe maybe they end up not liking him at number three Yeah, and, and move out. 
More to you drawing in with the combine. I just yeah. yeah, I have a hard time watching a lot of it because <laughs> say last night we're watching the the defensive tackles run the forty yard dash. It you know it's got nothing to do with with uh, their position group playing the game. And uh, isn't that the reason why you see a lot of these coaches? They're already gone at this point in time in the combine. Isn't the most important thing the medicals and then the opportunity to meet with these guys? Uh, yeah, and, and, and what, what they did in pads during the season. And, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, so, yeah. yeah I mean, but the and, reason and, to be at the combine is to get in front of them, get to know them a little bit, and then uh, see what those medical exams are going to say. Exactly. So, and also prepare for whenever that, that uh, player's pro days come up. If, if they if they want to visit that guy, if they want to bring him in for one of their uh, thirty visits. Uh, so there's a lot that goes into it, and they'll hear about whether the defensive tackle had a good ten yard uh, <laughs> run out yeah. of the forty. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, that's all all very true what you're saying, and and at the same time they like to you know they don't mind seeing the guy for the first time. And, you know, some of the teams still do have their coaching staffs come and, and uh, it would be the first time for the coaching staffs to get a little familiar with that, those players. More of these organizational grades came down uh, here earlier this week. I wasn't in yesterday. I didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I wanted to ask you about it. Look, the Kansas City Chiefs graded out the worst among every NFL team. I just think... That is, uh, they're either cheap or ignorant. Uh, I mean, they're winning the, obviously it has nothing, no effect on, uh, you know, how you're going to win, but shouldn't you be treating the players a little better than what the Kansas City Chiefs are doing? They come in number 32, Falcons number 25, by the way. Well, the Falcons are in the process of, if you remember, they came in low last year, uh, and Arthur Blank said, it really upset Arthur Blank. And immediately, you know, they set out on starting on the renovations that and addressing the things that were criticized. The Kansas City Chiefs rating did not surprise me because there have been complaints, and and there will be some scouts and, or, or general managers who say, you know, so what? Our locker room's not a great locker room, and that's why people should realize that some of these. Players that are coming from these top SEC schools like Georgia and Alabama and uh, you know Clemson, but their facilities are ten times better than NFL facilities. Yeah, and and, and yet you will hear NFL executives say, "Hey, listen, they can get dressed, they can put their pads on, and then go out and play football." The Chiefs play pretty good football, but but the fact that they kind of are, are, are tight. You can call it tight. You can call it cheap. I think it's been an issue there, but you're not going to hear Andy Reid complain about it. Right. It was just funny that the Chiefs got so many failing-type grades from players in this poll, but Andy Reid got an A+. plus. <laughs> yeah, so, no doubt. The Chiefs coming in number 31. The Commanders were the worst at 32. Yeah, and that shouldn't actually surprise anybody. Yeah. More great stuff as always. We appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Buck. You got it. Chris Mortensen on the call for us here on the Buck Blue Show. Joined us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker Line. Let's talk a little Falcons football. The Dirty Birds are in our blood. And guys like Buck know what's happening in the huddle. Let's dive into Falcons football on the fan. All right, all right. Uh, Atlanta Falcons, their weakest position group on the team right now. And this is an emergency situation. Who cares? You've heard me talk about a couple times now on the show how this new Falcons offensive scheme run by uh, Zach Robinson, the new offensive coordinator who's been with the L.A. Rams with Raheem Morris for a number of years. Rams are running the 11 personnel group, which is one running back, one tight end, Three wide receivers, quarterback in the shotgun, 93.5% of the time this past season. And this is the scheme they're going to run here in Atlanta. Trust me on this one. Right now, 11 personnel group, all right, so three wide receivers. Right now, 
the Falcons could not participate in the Cam Newton seven-on-seven competition because we don't have three wide receivers. Right now, we've got Drake May, and that's it. So with this 11 personnel grouping, you're going to be running trips 93-plus percent of the time. It's going to be trips wide. It's going to be trips in the bunch. It's going to be twins to the left, twins to the right. And it's going to be heavy play action where you're going to take some shots down the field. So it makes the defense, makes them, forces them to cover the entire football field. So they got to get an extra DB in there. And as an offense, you've got to have six receivers at a minimum. So the Falcons have got, to, got they've got some work to do as far as uh, supplementing what they've got in Drake May right now. And look, they've got an opportunity to do it two ways. You got free agency coming up, and you got a lot of receivers out there that are going to be on the market. Calvin Ridley comes to mind. We're going to bring him back in here. Mike Evans out there, uh, Michael Pittman. Uh, Juwan Jennings, Van Jefferson might want to bring him back. He's familiar with this scheme. Gabriel Davis, uh, Hollywood Brown, you got Miko Hardman, Michael Thomas, Josh Reynolds, Chase Claypool, Jalen Rager. I mean, there are a ton of receivers out there on the market right now. Falcons going to have to sign two or three of these guys. And then you turn to the draft. Now, look, Harrison and Neighbors. Uh, the receiver out of Washington, Rome, uh, they're probably out of reach there. I'd, I'd be stunned if the Falcons went with the receiver at eight. But you might be able to get the kid from South Carolina, Xavier Leggett, with a second-round pick. And then you got these other quality receivers you might get later in the draft. Keon Coleman out of Florida State. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, you remember him. Ricky Pearsall out of Florida. Brian Thomas Jr., LSU. Xavier Worthy. Roman Wilson. Johnny Wilson. Javon Baker. Ibuke, you got Polk out of Washington. Dare I say Lad McConkey? So you're probably going to draft a couple of receivers. Sign a couple of undrafted free agent receivers. Look, right now, Falcons, they got one receiver on their roster, one. And he's a good one. Kyle Pitts? He's going to fit in this scheme extremely well. Now, the Falcons are going to have to supplement this thing, and I know there are going to be a lot of fans out there that are going to be upset. Why in the world are we taking more receivers? Well, because we're going to be running the 11 personnel group 93.5% of the time. That's why. And let me tell you, they got to have receivers that can block, too. Because with the Rams and Sean McVay, you'll see them line up in that bunch. Trips, bunch formation, and guess who's blocking in the run game? The receivers. So get ready for this. I'm just getting you ready. You're going to see the Falcons addressing the wide receiver position group in free agency and in the draft. So don't be getting upset. I tried to get you coached up here today. Thank you, Buck. You're welcome. Oh, that's Kirby, man. We better get to the Bulldog beat. He's going to be upset. The fans got a Georgia Bulldogs national champion on the beat. 25-20, Mark's on like 15 10, Get in there! Touchdown! This is the Bulldog beat with Buck Balloon. Presented by Georgia's own credit union and attorney Ken Nugent. All right, we got a couple of tickets we want to give away to a Bulldog fan wanting to go see the basketball team. Texas A&M in town. Tomorrow, 6 o'clock tip over in Athens. We got two tickets over there and cheer them on. 404-231-1680, the number. Uh, Bulldogs have a couple of five-star players they're going to sign in the upcoming recruiting class. So things are going to get better under Coach White. And uh, it's a great atmosphere. Go over there and cheer them on. Two tickets right now, 404 231 1680, the number. Wanted to talk about the Bulldog football team spring practice coming up March the 12th. So we got less than two weeks. They're going to be uh, out on the field working out Kirby and the football team. Got G Day coming up April the 13th. So G Day just around the corner. Hello, friend. We'll be talking more and more about this Bulldog football team. Uh, Brock Powers at the NFL Combine. He's been there all week interviewing. He went through the medical. 
Uh, he got dinged up a little bit this year. I'm sure they were checking him out and giving him a thumbs up and a green card. Well, giving him the the clean bill of health, not the 680 green card. Six eighty green card. We got another yeah. one that's coming. <laughs> yeah, giving him the clean bill of health. So uh, Bowers expect him to go in the top fifteen picks of the first round. And you get a lot of people that are already concerned, man, how are we going to replace Brock Bauer as one of the greatest players George has ever had? Uh, how are we going to replace him? Well, one guy is not going to replace Brock Bowers. It's going to take more than one. And so it is really cool, really awesome that you got Todd Hartley, who's been coaching up the tight ends over at Georgia and doing a great job on the recruiting trail, has got it covered. All right, he's got this thing covered with Bowers leaving. You got Oscar Delp, who had a chance to really watch at length in high school play the game. He was in our region, so I got to see him play every single year. And a great athlete, uh, went to Georgia as specifically a big receiver, but has bulked up and made a commitment in the weight room. He's gotten better with the run blocking. So Delp has played a lot of football already. He's started some games. He's ready to step in and be a player for you this year in his junior season. And then you got Lawson Lucky, who came in as a freshman a year ago, got injured during the spring, and that really set him back. But as the season wore on, got a little more playing time. Here's another guy that I got a chance to see play in high school at Norcross. And this guy's a big-time receiver. 50-50 balls, he's making the play on that a high percentage of the time, a really good receiver. And he's worked hard, getting better as a blocker. You want to get on the field playing for Kirby Smart, you got to be able to block a little bit at receiver and tight end. So he's made a commitment there. So with Delp and Lucky, you're in pretty good shape. You also got Pierce Sperling. You had to have a chance to see him play. He's another sophomore that's gotten ready. And now George has also got this Benjamin Urasek from Stanford, who's a grad transfer, and when he graduates in this semester from Stanford, will be showing up, and he'll be showing up after spring football. 6'4", 240 pounds, pro football focus, has rated him as one of the top five tight ends in college football. He's looking to improve his draft stock. What better way to do that than come play for the Georgia Ball, Bulldogs and be a tight end in the system they've got? A transfer grad student like that, Buck, is like a semi-professional football player at this point, right? I mean, he's taken yeah. a couple of classes, but he has come to Georgia to work and get ready for the NFL. So, um, yeah, I, you could see some improvement from the transfer, I imagine. Yeah, so if you're a Georgia Bulldog man or lady and you're concerned about Brock Bowers moving on, well, just know that they've got it covered and it won't be one guy that replaces Bowers. It's going to be four guys. It takes a village, Buck. Yeah, it's going to take a village to replace the great Brock Bowers. Now, where is Bowers going to end up? Tell you what, if the Bears did elect to keep Justin Fields and trade back out of that number one pick, well, they would be in a position to maybe take Brock Bowers. And somebody asked Bowers this at the Combine this week. Oh, it'd be pretty sweet. I mean, you, you saw what he did, did it at uh, USC, and, I mean, um, hopefully he translates well to the next level. And, yeah, it'd be pretty awesome to be, be with another top rookie like that. Yeah, I met with the Bears, and, um, I mean, love watching uh, Cole Komet. I mean, he does a great job in all aspects of the game being tight end. So, yeah, it'd be exciting. Yeah, so Bowers would be excited to play with Caleb Williams. Now, I'm not totally sold on Caleb Williams. And we are penciling in a quarterback club coming up on Monday's show. Shades on into club. Do a deep dive into Caleb Williams. There are a few things I don't really like about him. And I would be reluctant if I was the Chicago Bears to invest what you've got to invest to make him your franchise quarterback. And when's the last time the Bears got it right at quarterback? I'm just saying. Does, yeah. Jim, does Jim, Jim McMahon count? Well, that goes way back now. <laughs> yeah, he counts. It's been a while. And that would be the answer to the question. Jim McMahon out of BYU, the last time they got the quarterback situation Yeah, correct. I wasn't alive when they drafted him, so it's been a little while. Uh, well, that doesn't mean it doesn't count. I was alive, <laughs> and I saw that. I didn't say it didn't count. I was just wondering if, yeah. if Jim McMahon counted, and yes, he obviously he would. Well, did they win a Super Bowl? That counts. Yeah, that counts. That counts big. They still love that up in Chicago. Coming back on the other side, man, we're going to go top five. Plus, I'll tell you where I was yesterday and uh, drop some knowledge on that one. You got the Blue Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7.
This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. on the fan 680 and 93.7 trying to keep it real for you here on the show today no misinformation here get plenty of that elsewhere (laughs) you get plenty of that everywhere you look Uh, Zach Klein reporting uh, from the ABC affiliate and I love Zach but uh, he fell, uh, fell for that hook line and sinker with the Kurt Cousins story Mr. Blank gave him the full go-ahead to go get Kurt Cousins, pay him whatever it takes to get him in here, even though the Vikings have no interest in bringing him back. And then there was that report about uh, Justin Fields, and I think, you know, it was like I, I saw the report where uh, NBC Chicago was reporting, and that's when I tuned out. Why would you trust anything NBC had to say? In any of these major markets right now, uh, as soon as I saw NBC Chicago, or, uh, yeah, that, that's when I tuned out. I didn't see the rest of the story at that point in time. Uh, let's, let's get to the top five. Let's have a little fun here. The best in college football and the NFL. Five, five, four, Woo! three, three, two, two, one, one. Top 5, presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. All right, Buck, let's get to the top five. Yes, sir. Can you tell me what is Caleb Williams' biggest weakness? Well, some people say that he doesn't have a weakness, but I've spotted one. Uh, Through some film study. And watching him play the game. And so I'll share it with you right now. And we're going to break it down Monday in the quarterback club. But here's Caleb Williams' biggest weakness. Consistently refuses to execute the base pass plays. Where you get the ball out quickly. The ball comes out on time. It's going to the primary receiver. From what I see, there's way too much ad-libbing going on, and it's because he's hunting the big play every single play. We'll have some more on Monday in the quarterback club, but to me, that is his biggest weakness. Just execute the basic play. Shades on and Hit the primary receiver. Get the ball out on time. There's just way too much ad-libbing going on, searching for the big play. All right, yeah, I mean... Just waiting for it to develop can uh, take you down sometimes. Well, I mean, you, are you going for the home run every time? Sometimes you got to get the little the little yards. Or else That's you wouldn't what I'm have saying. Finneran, yeah. like uh, receivers like Brian Finneran in the NFL. Yeah, Finn was awesome, by the way. Just move the chain. Sometimes is all you got to do. That's big time. You got to have it. <laughs> all right. Do you want the Falcons to get offensive tackle Makai Becton? <laughs> no. I mean, are you kidding me? And this is another one of these reports that I saw coming down overnight doing some show prep last night. Is the Falcons are interested in the uh, Jets offensive tackle, Makai Becton. Are you kidding me? The guy's lazy. He's fat. And he's always hurt. He is an offensive tackle. Isn't fat supposed to be a positive there? I mean, you got to be able to move. 
He's lazy, he's fat, and he's always hurt. That is the last guy that I'd want the Falcons to sign. Come on, man. All right, well, let's all scratch him off our list. Of well, talking, yeah, uh, do you want a lazy, fat guy on the team that's always hurt? Well, as hey, a lazy, fat on. guy, I would like to uh, speak up come for on, our people. you're a people. hard worker, man. Don't go there. All right, number three. Would you draft Dallas Turner at eight? The Alabama edge rusher. Oh. Uh, you know, uh, maybe. Maybe. You know, the, the concern I've got with Dallas Turner, and I know there are a lot of people in love with him. My concern is, you know, the frame is a little lean. And best I can tell, he lacks secondary moves. Look, in the NFL, you can't be a one-track pony. A one-track pony, man, one-trick pony here. You've got to be a, you can't just have the, the edge speed rush. I mean, if that's all you do, guess what? In the NFL, they're going to shut your butt down. So you've got to develop some additional pass rush moves. And it seems like more time than not, when I'm watching Dallas Turner, he's getting to the quarterback off the speed move, coming off the edge. So I would like, if I'm going to take a guy in the top 10, I would like for the guy to be pretty much a finished product. A guy that's going to step in and, and be big time immediately. So I see some holes in his game. And plus, look, uh, here with the Falcons, we uh, we have not been real good identifying big time edge rushers. So, you know, I'm just concerned about how lean he is. Can he hold up against the run? Uh, and he, he seems to lack some secondary moves here. Well, I definitely agree. If you're being taken at number eight in the NFL draft, yeah. you need to be impactful. Absolutely. Sooner, more definitely sooner I than later. I do like the kid from UCLA. He's got multiple moves. I like him. So uh, keep an eye on him. Latou, I think his name is. All right. We'll keep an eye on him. Put him on our list, a watch list. All right, Buck. What is the Buck Blue Show Falcons quarterback draft ranking? Well, I've got uh, Jaden Daniels number one. I think he would be a great fit. In this Rams offense we're going to run here in Atlanta, he's a guy that can stand in the pocket, process information quickly, get the ball downfield, and get it downfield accurately. And the bonus is that if protection breaks down, Jaden Daniels can be electric. Uh, number two, I've got Michael Penix Jr., the most advanced processor of information post-snap is Michael Penix Jr. And then the other thing he's number one at is getting the ball downfield accurately. He does those two things better than any other quarterback in the draft. And then I take uh, Drake May would be number three. The guy's lazy. He's fat. No, that's McKay, uh, McKay Becton. But, yeah, the Buck Show Falcons quarterback draft ranking, Jaden Daniels one, Michael Penix Jr. two, Drake May three. I like those three. Those are good. I, In that order, too, uh, I agree with you. I, I would love to see Jaden Daniels come in here and be electric. Oh, man, it'd be like the second coming of Mike Vick. Why have all the coaches left the combine? Because there's nothing of value to see at this point in time. It's a dog and pony show when they take the field. Uh, they, they've got game video back home at the complex, and, and that's the most important thing is what these guys did in the games that they've played. So that's where the valuable video is, is back home at the complex, at base camp, as Q would call it. Uh, they did interviews earlier in the week, so they've already gotten that work done. They've got the medical reports. The only thing left to see is the dog and pony show. Woo! Top 5 on 680 The Fan, Atlanta's sports station. Yeah, I'm just saying. All right, let's get to the final word. Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers, keeping Georgia green since 1955. I was honored to attend a Georgia teammate celebration of life yesterday in Athens. I uh, competed against linebacker Nate Taylor in high school in the Valdosta-Tiff County high rivalry. And I uh, played with Nate at Georgia, obviously. I didn't get to speak yesterday, but if I had... I would have
have told the congregation, it took courage to face Nate Taylor. Ty Ty was tough. He was physical. He was relentless. I would have told the congregation that I was thrilled when Nate joined us in Athens. We wouldn't have won that national title and those three straight SEC championships without Nate Taylor. I would have told them that Nate Taylor was one of Georgia's all-time great linebackers with over 400 career tackles and multiple big game force fumbles. I was so proud to be a part of a large contingent of Bulldog teammates in attendance yesterday. Rest in peace. Nate Ty Ty Taylor, you made us all better, brother. That's what I would have told him. And I tell you, I was I was uplifted just being at the funeral yesterday. And again, I appreciate Heath Klein filling in, allowing me to be there and be a part of that yesterday. It really lifted my spirits. Hey, did you know that starting March 1st, the Caesar Sportsbook app launches in North Carolina? Our partners at Harris Cherokee Casino want you to know that starting March 1st and only in North Carolina, you'll be able to bet on all your favorite sports with the Caesars Sportsbook app. That, that's today, as a matter of fact, so starting today. No need to wait to sign up. Do it today. Download the Caesars Sportsbook app and pre-register. Register today. When you cross the state line into North Carolina, you'll be ready. It's going to do it for the Buck Blue Show this week. We'll keep it real next week. Hope you'll join me then. Nick and Chris coming up next. Stay tuned for them here on The Fan. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you, Buck. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download The Fan app. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility, and it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position. I don't understand. Was it something I said? Well, we did a background check on you and found some things of concern. If you're in charge of hiring for your company, you know how helpful a background screening can be. That's why companies that use Horizon Background Screening make smarter hiring decisions. Don't let the wrong hire put your company at risk. Get the real story on your candidates at horizonscreening.com. Horizonscreening.com.